1: Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host Joanne Crone. Joined here, my boop, boop co-host Bree
0: Tucker. Hello, everybody.
1: It is
2: the <laughs> variety hour. Hello,
0: we- my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. We do old jazz standards. We break it down for you. Got, I got jazz hands.
1: We mimic everything we saw in the Muppet Show as kids. <laughs> <Bare> fingers. Da-da, <laughs> da-da. Yes. Do you remember those old variety shows with like, I know Sonny and Cher had one. I didn't watch that one, but I did watch Laughin' like reruns of Laughin'. Okay, remember I know Laugh-in? of
0: all of them. I don't remember watching any of them live other than I did watch The Muppet Show. I loved The Muppet Show.
1: The Muppet Show was good. ma na Yes, it has my favorite Ma-na-na-na-na. joke in the entire world on The what? Muppet Show. <laughs> oh, what do you call a cross between an elephant and a rhino? I don't know, what do you call it? Elifino. Oh that's a good it. one. It's my favorite. It's so sophomoric and it's funny. It makes me laugh so much. And then I, I tell my kids and they're like, What's an Elifino?"
0: I'm like I'm going to with you, no. <laughs> no I'm gonna tell that one to my kids. No. it's fun, it's totally fun, no. and our guest today is all about having fun, yes, and you know what? I loved her name. so easy to remember this
1: guest name. It's Joannes <laughs> Joanne Joanne friend. yes, it's the only other Joanne I know
0: currently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And and she said the same for you. She was like, you're the only other Joanne I know. So there you go.
1: But uh, Joanne Jarrett is a family physician on her 17th year of maternity leave. She jokes about it. (laughs)
0: she is the host of the
1: fancy free podcast which i was a guest on a few months ago and the creator of shelfies a line of cozy women's loungewear with built-in shelf bras she has two daughters ages 15 and 17 and she helps women feel less alone in their imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor we hope you enjoy our interview with the other joanne If you want to teach your kids more about being a good friend and making better friends, My book's out, Me and My Friendships. It is for your kids. I wrote it for kids ages six to nine, and it is full of exercises and tips and quizzes on how to choose friends, how to be a good friend, and uh, how to deal with all those like crazy social stuff that we had no idea how to deal with as elementary schoolers. So go find Me and My Friendships. You can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Welcome, Joanne. It's really weird to say that, actually. You're the first other Joanne we've had on the podcast, but welcome, Joanne, to the No Guilt Mom podcast.
3: We're so happy to have you here. Thank you, Brian and Joanne. It's so much fun to be with you doesn't it feel like there's like that
1: skit that's like uh, everyone has my, the same name this is my brother Daryl
3: doctor, doctor 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 Doctor, you, thank you, Man, you guys go Joanne. to doctor
0: Joanne. and I go to th- this Daryl's, my other brother Daryl I know that one too I know the Daryl one as well yeah. I'm Joanne oh, this is my
3: friend Joanne this is my yeah. other friend Joanne
0: <laughs> exactly oh my gosh okay so I have to joke about that slightly so not quite Joanne but I am like the friend that collects everybody with J's and um, she so- is Bree yeah, That is her full I, name. <laughs> I'm but I go by Brie But the funny thing is like all my good friends are all I have Joanne, Jen, Jenna, mm-hmm. and Jess. And it's so funny.
3: Oh my gosh, how do you keep track of it?
0: I know my boyfriend Miguel tries to keep him straight. And he's always like, well, at first he was having a really hard time and I'm like, it's okay, just start with the J, just go with the just sound and I'll finish
3: it for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That works out really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cute. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit about you and your story.
3: Yeah, well, I am a family physician by training, but I like to say I'm on my 17th year maternity leave because it sounds like, <laughs> a whole lot better than I quit to raise my kids. <laughs> I used to say I'm retired, but I think that actually conjures up a mental image that isn't accurate. So I'm not really retired. I'm just on maternity leave. I'll probably never go back. My (laughs) husband and I are raising two teenage daughters. Our daughters are 15 and 17. Three years ago, we moved from the suburbs of Reno, Nevada to rural Montana. So we're now living on a little, I guess you could call it a homestead or a hobby farm. We have cows and chickens and probably soon to be goats and raised bed garden and we're city slickers. So we have no clue what we're doing, but we're like, well, we know how to learn. Right. So we'll just learn as we go. And we hope that we're erring on the side of taking too good of care of our animals instead of not. You know, we we try real hard. In fact, my husband and I were in this in the hot tub this morning and he was fiddling with something in the hot tub. And I'm like, is that mooing? Do do you hear mooing? And he's like, "No, that's me." I'm like, "Okay," because I didn't think that was normal mooing, and we have to go check on our cows. <laughs> anyway, so we live outside of Frenchtown, Montana. I have a blog called the Cozy Clothes Blog, which I started to chronicle my journey from doctor to stay-at-home mom to clothing line designer. And then out of that was birthed my podcast, Fancy Free Podcast. And I also have my loungewear line. So those are all the things. Oh, and I am a somewhat reluctant, accidental dental assistant and office manager also because I help my husband with his practice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of things you have going on. Oh, my gosh.
1: I okay.
3: like to cram all kinds of hats on my head all the time.
0: And, oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. OK, I have to
3: ask, having Lay teens me. moving from a city to a farm, how did they adjust? you guys, it was such a huge risk, but it was a family decision. We made sure that we live close enough to the city of Missoula. We can basically get to Missoula in the same amount of time as it took us to get to our kids pediatrician in Reno. We're just covering like four times as much ground. So we're good. The girls were in on the decision. We probably, I mean, luckily we all agreed, but We did have to make some hard decisions along the way. They love their high school. It's actually a really highly rated high school here in Montana. And they're both doing things they never would have done before, but they're also doing things that are, you know, familiar to them from their previous lives. So They're thriving, but thanks for asking because it was terrifying. We moved with a bunch of extended family, which I think helps too. Oh, that's good. So they already had
1: like that built-in network and you had that built-in I was going to say, that's so
3: awesome. Oh my gosh. My parents lived with my sister in the next town over for the first year while they were building their house across the driveway from our house. So that's actually where I am right now. I'm above our barn, which is my project room, and it's attached to my parents' house where they live with my two aunts.
1: That, wow, that's like the one reason I I would never move because I don't want to leave my extended family because I have oh my like gosh some, totally some young nephews who are like two. You cannot,
3: you can't miss yeah. that. You just can't miss it. Yeah, I no, I um, that. we're t- we t- trying so hard to talk my husband's side of the family into moving, but they're really good about visiting, so that's good.
0: Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, you're. It's not like you move to a place that's not beautiful. Yeah. I I've, I've been to Montana. Oh, so gorgeous. Oh,
3: we love it, and it's so funny. Later this, later next month, we have two families that are visiting us and bringing their RVs, and one of them—they're both going to be here on the same weekend, and one person in each couple are cousins with each other. And they didn't even know they were going to be here at the same time. It's like, we're just like, we're guest magnets because it's such a fun place to visit and people want to stop by on their way to Glacier. And it's like, oh, perfect. Please come over oh, whenever. It's
0: so, really yeah. fun. Oh yeah. It's so fun. excuse to get out of the desert in the yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So
1: your podcast, Fancy Free, it kind of like celebrates everyone's kind of embarrassing, not so fancy (laughs) stories, which I love, which I came in and was a guest on your podcast and shared my stories. but you're all about, you know, being honest and genuine and breaking down those walls. So how did you like get started in this path and just like wanting to know everyone's stories?
3: Oh my gosh. Well, there are several things, but I'll try to keep it brief. (laughs) The very most recent thing that happened to me is I got stuck in a dress at Dillard's (laughs) and I, I was so humiliated. So I I gained a little weight after the move and my mom said, Hey, Dillard's is having a sale. And I hadn't been to the Missoula Dillard yet. So I went hightailing it down there and started looking around. And I realized I was looking at stuff on the same rack where the shirt is that my mom was wearing. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the set. Like I must've wandered from my department into my mom's department. Let me (laughs) hang a hard, right? So I hung a hard, right. And I saw a really cute little dress that there's no way my mom would ever try on. It's short and it has a plunging V and it's this cute little chiffon number. So I take it into the dressing room and I try it on just like, you know, when you're doing that non-committal thing. You're like, I'll just put it over my clothes. And then if I <sighs> like it kind of, then I'll do the whole thing. So I wedged it on over my tank and jeans and then I couldn't get it off. And I was by myself. So I had oh, to have no. the sales lady come in and she, so I'm standing there with my arms above my head, like an obedient toddler. <laughs> and she's like gathering up the fabric and trying to get it up over my head. And then she goes, that's as far as I can go. Cause I have a hurt shoulder. So then I'm squatting oh, no. down. <laughs> well, finally she gets me out of this dress. And afterwards I thought, Oh, I got to ask her if I'm her first. And then I was like, no, I can't. Cause I can't handle the answer. I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> by the time I got in the car and got over to picking up my daughter, I was totally over the humiliation. I just thought it was so funny. So I was sharing the story with them. And when I got home, I wrote a story about it. And I got so many replies to that story that, oh yeah, that's totally happened to me. That's totally happened to me. And I thought, wait, why are we not sharing these stories? For one thing, like I love to laugh. Who doesn't? Especially I like to laugh with somebody who's laughing at themselves, Right. And secondly, it's like this favor that we do because we're lowering the bar because when people look at me from the outside, if they're seeing me on a good day, they just might be, you know, foolish enough to think I have my act together and, <laughs> and they're comparing my outsides with their insides and they know they don't have their act together. So they feel intimidated. Well, there's no need for that. We don't need to be feeling like that when we see each other. And so oh. sharing these stories sort of helps chip through that. And I love it. So I just decided, okay, I have to have a place where we're telling each other these stories. So my podcast is it. That is awesome. It's
1: so You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA
0: Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are.
1: The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To
0: explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid
1: advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance.
2: Shout out to
0: Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms. away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear.
1: Funny because when you were telling that, I'm like, I have a dress story too. (laughs)
3: Like it just reminded me. Now you have to come back on my podcast and tell your dress story. Yeah, it
1: was nothing big. It was basically, you know, those rent the runway dresses.
3: So like I got rent the runway. Those are expensive
1: too. Well, yeah. And it wasn't too bad. It was better than getting a dress because it was like this award. No, but ceremony. I mean, if you
3: damage it, like, don't, oh. do you have to pay for it if you damage it?
1: Um, probably. Yeah, oh, I did there's insurance. Dam- probably. I didn't damage mine though. I just I God, couldn't get, get, it get it on. It. I could like the zipper wouldn't go, and then oh, <laughs> and then the zipper wouldn't come down <laughs> like it was stuck. And so my roommates at this conference, we were like putting soap on the zipper and like trying to like get the like oh, it was a whole team effort there. Oh my, <laughs> oh, Lord. my gosh. But yeah, and
3: it's not your dress. That's the thing. <laughs> like if it had been my dress at home, I would have just been like, rip that thing off and throw it away. Yeah, and it was like, I don't want to pay for a dress that doesn't fit me. that's no. the other. That's what I was thinking about the whole time you were telling the story. I'm like, oh God, please don't let it like bust a seam or something. And she has to buy it on top of it all. Yeah. Well. I it's ugly, right? The reason why I'm not I reject it because it's unflattering and it doesn't fit me well. So the last thing I want to do is walk out into the store, this awful thing. So I was like, please come in here, please come in here. And finally she came in to check on me. I'm like, I need you to come in here and help me get this. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. My look, I would have been walking around with the dress like over my face too and be like,
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: But it's, like, sharing those stories, I think, like, and as your point is, like, it just makes everyone connect with each other more. But in our society, a lot of times when we meet new friends that side isn't shown right away. Absolutely
3: not. So I have a couple of situations where these stories kind of came in handy to break down those barriers. And I'll kind of explain them to you because these are situations that I think that we can all manufacture in our lives. And it's so much fun. So when I had preschool kids, I was in mops. Do you guys know what mops is? No. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The preschoolers. Yeah, so I was a little bit of an older mom because I'd worked as a doctor first and then I had my kids. So I walk into this MOPS meeting and it's a twice monthly meeting. And for the whole two semesters, you sit with the same people at the table. So you get to know them well. Well, I'm shy and which I know I don't come off as shy, but I am like new social situations are really, really hard for me. And I just like grit and make myself do it because I know in the end it's going to be worth it, but it's very stressful. So I'm just getting ready to sit down at the yellow table where I'm assigned and I see all these other moms and, you know, we start doing the small talk and chatting about about, oh, what did you do before you had kids? And it comes up that I was like a physician or whatever, and I'm older and I don't know. I mean, I put my I did my hair because like it's the first mops meeting. Right. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we're all looking at each other like, dang, she's got it going on. <laughs> and I started seem like they were intimidated or impressed. And I'm like, oh, heck no, that is not going to work for me. I need help. <laughs> Mothering <laughs> is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And believe me, I've spent a month in trauma surgery, working 36 on 12 off. This is harder. That's saying something. <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, the only thing you should be impressed about my doctrine is the fact that I got to find out firsthand that mom is harder, (laughs) you know, so, oh my gosh. So I started just kind of naturally using this self-deprecating humor because I wanted to kind of just chip away at the, uh, like their Mm -hmm. image of me in their head. I don't, you know, and I am still close to some. In fact, one of those gals is one of the gals that's coming here in her RV next month. Oh, really? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So, anyhow, and I'm not best friends with all of them. It's not always going to work out. They're not even always going to be people you want to. But if you show your underbelly, then so many things happen. Laughter is just the great equalizer, but it literally does biochemical things to us. I'm reading this book right now called. Laughter seriously or humor seriously. And it's Ooh. very good. I'm in the middle of it. So I don't know, but maybe you could put it in the show notes. And I just learned last night in my reading that laughter decreases our cortisol, which is our stress hormone by 30%, and epinephrine, which is our fight and flight hormone by 70%. But it also oh. is a bonding thing. So <laughs> this gal, I heard her on a podcast, A Hidden Brain, which is one of my favorites. And she said, Laughter biochemically inside our brain does what getting a massage, having sex. And there was one other thing. If you do those things all simultaneously, that's what laughter does to you. So So it's it's like this big time bonding and relaxing biochemically. And I'm a nerd with the science. I love that. But it it also, yeah, it just kind of breaks down those barriers, but it does more than that. So I'll tell you about another thing. So I have this friend named Karen, and she has a Christmas party every year. She's a friend collector. And so she has all these friends, a ton of friends, and we don't all know each other. So she brings us together at Christmas, and she always has like an icebreaker, and then it's an ornament gift exchange. And she said, when your number comes up, tell your most embarrassing story. Well, you guys, I've never had... More fun at a party. I laughed (laughs) my head off. I only probably (laughs) knew four or five of those women while I left, feeling like now I know all 30 of them. Even if I never had a face to face conversation, when I saw, say, you know, this gal or that gal in the pickup line, instead of being like, I kind of recognized her, I'd be like, oh, hi. Oh, it's so good to see you. How are you? And you just had, we just had this level of depth with each other because. Mm We had shared these stories, and then for the rest of Christmas party season, I had, of course, I didn't divulge any confidences, but I had stories to tell at at parties, which is handy for a person who's shy and going to a bunch of parties. Yes. And then it reminded the people I was talking to about their stories, and then they told their stories. And it's I've never had a laughier Christmas. It was just.
1: Stories are like the great equalizer, especially for shy people. Like I I am a shy person and I rely on the stories too. And you have your stories that you could keep telling them like beat by beat. And you almost look at them as like an analytical way because in your mind, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, we're going to do this one. This is going to get a laugh right here. And
3: then you're just build (laughs) on it. And you just kind of know what works and what doesn't over time. Yes, totally. It's so funny because you go at it from like a scientific standpoint where I bet you
0: have you ever done that because you're not shy. I was going to say like with me, it's more of, yeah, I'm not, I would say I'm almost even dare I say the friend collector. I That's a lot. But with me, I like to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I've told you that about me. Like, that's my thing. I'm like, oh, you're upset. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Bree's going to make you laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. It is. Uh-huh.
3: Just oh, ziggle. that's sweet.
0: So yeah. And I love being able to control that. Like yeah. it's keeping things going, people being happy and thriving mm-hmm. and just, yeah.
3: But having the stories is is amazing. I have one introverted child and what I learned from mm-hmm. being raised as an introvert by an extrovert my mom used to give me she put words in my mouth and oh. it was so useful i don't know how she knew to do it but then i was doing it for my daughter and i actually get phrases and words from my extroverted friends and tuck those in my wallet and like you said by trial and error when you go in with oh when i order pizza i always say this that and the other thing when i drive up to a drive through i always say this and That combined with my Enneagram 2-ness, which I don't know if you guys do much on that, but... You're a loyal... No, you're a helper, right? You're the helper. Yeah. So my drive in life is to help people make other people feel Mm -hmm. comfortable. So between having my canned phrases and using them to, in my mind, make the other person feel comfortable and not make me feel comfortable kind of just takes the focus off of me and onto the other person. So I love
1: That's it. That's awesome. That's funny. Enneagrams. You don't know your Enneagram yet, do you, break? I don't think so. We need to get you your Enneagram.
3: I'm a six. I'm a loyalist. I can't
0: keep all that.
1: No. Straight. <laughs> There's
0: too many of them. There's only nine? Is there nine?
1: No, I just
3: mean, there, there are nine. I just and mean, I
0: can't keep it all straight. Like all too many there, personality yeah. constructs. Yeah. I know.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I've been listening to family personalities podcast, which <laughs> I love. And they talk about the myers Brig, which I was very hesitant to get back into. Cause it's the one that has the four letters mm-hmm. and it's like, not yep. too much. That is too big of a grid for me. But Sandra and Em break it down so beautifully. And I've learned a lot about myself and, and my kids by listening to that. Did you know oh. the history of the Myers-Briggs? Yes. No, lay it on me. Lay it on me. <laughs>
0: We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it.
1: I loved that it was so digestible. Like It was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained.
0: And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms. That Nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything and so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services.
1: To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly— We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Okay, this
0: is interesting. Okay, so I am obsessed with Adam Conover and Adam Ruins Everything. He even has his own podcast, factually. I love it. I just love it. (laughs) Anyway, in one of his episodes, he broke down personality tests. And the Myers-Briggs is actually written by a mother and a daughter who were magazine columnists. They it, there's they didn't there's, know anything. No,
3: they <laughs> there's no science behind uh, it. <laughs> they didn't know
0: they haven't been able to recreate the personality test results consistently in any psychology trials, but, but it's it's popular. oh how interesting did they also like they had like their home as like
1: a laboratory and it was like the mother looking at her kids too uh, and kind of like thinking of these maybe personality types for her kids
3: i see, See, that. that's someone who's really intellectually ambitious. I was just like that. That's a lot of work, especially for something that has. Well, but I as-
0: remember learning like my degree, my undergrads in psych and I had a whole like class on personality tests and yeah. I still have my Myers-Briggs <gasps> notes and everything from it. So it's not like it's not like it's completely debunked, but it's not as scientific as we were all led to believe. But it's it's also, it
1: was early 1900s, she did this and she yes. was told that she couldn't be in a profession. She had to stay home and raise
3: her kids. So this is what oh she Oh my created. gosh,
1: that. She like used her laboratory. Her home as a laboratory.
3: She's like, I just can't help myself. I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah. That like, very interesting. It, yeah. It's so interesting.
1: All these personality things. But like communicating with different personalities and being a shy person and, uh, Going into these situations where people might have their wall up, you have have a few tricks to get through to people who might be a little guarded.
3: Yes. All right. Well, the first trick is to just remember and understand how this can work for you. And also know that you don't have to be a funny person to make people laugh. I'm not a funny person. It's documented. (laughs) I mean, like diagnosis, (laughs) not funny. (laughs) That's It is what it is. I'm the straight person. My husband's the hilarious one. It's the way it is. But because I look at life through a humor lens, I love to laugh at things and I can point out to other people what they might find funny. And so it's like you're more of a conduit for humor than actually the source of humor. Life will bring you the material. All you have to do is look for it and then bravely share it. So my first trick besides, you know, the mindset is to look at life through the lens of searching for these funny stories. So If you have something that happens to you that embarrasses you, you can spend the rest of the day in shame and anger and snapping at your loved ones. Or you can lick your wounds for about five minutes, and then see it from someone else's perspective, and start to giggle, and then call a girlfriend and tell her, and now she's giggling, and now she's telling you something similar that happened to her, and suddenly the stress is gone, and you might have even made that girlfriend's day. So those are your choices. So why not choose B instead of A, right? And right, yeah. If you're looking for those things in your life, then you're going to tolerate those embarrassing moments and those hard times better because you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be a good story, like if you. Put your underwear on on the outside of your pants, or some crazy thing like that. Like, that's going to be a gift for somebody down the road, right? So number yeah. one, number one is to understand the value. Number two is to be looking at your life through that lens, and I think that's such a good lesson to model for our kids right? Because if we're laughing at ourselves all along the way, then maybe they won't take everything so seriously. And maybe they will understand how to break the ice with news in new situations too. And in ways that are giving and loving because you're bringing humor to the situation. And then the last one is just do it. It's not always going to land, but are you really going to be worse off than you were when you both are looking at each other? Like, I cannot, like, I'm not worthy. I cannot relate to her. You know, if you tell her about the the time that you had toilet paper hanging from the back of your pants at a swim meet and that you know actually happened to me <laughs> and it was there for I swear three hours before anybody had the nerve to tell me. Um oh, no. <laughs> then Then maybe later when she is having a really rough time, she can at least think back on that story and giggle. And I swear the next time she sees you, she's going to feel like she knows you better. And just be brave. Take 30 seconds. And I'm not saying like during a funeral or something, you know, there are times when it is completely inappropriate. Although I have to say strategically used humor does, you know, even improve those really, really hard times. But, you know, just be brave and do it. It's, a, I'll show you mine and then she'll be more likely to show me hers kind of a situation, so.
1: Which I think is such great advice because it could either be a stressful situation if you let it, or you could just be like, I'm just gonna go embarrass myself today, and it's gonna be great.
0: That's the attitude I always take. I always go for embarrassing myself over. Same, <laughs> same. That's I'm all, all about like, I, I always tell everybody, like, I'm a terrible liar. I can't put up a front like I got my stuff together. Trust me. <laughs> and right, and like how you said before, it cracks me up whenever I do run into somebody, and
3: they're like, "Oh, well, you're so well put together," and I'm like, like oh! "You're like, ah, jokes on you." Let me give you a list of references. My makeup might be on, but let me show you the pigsty. Of my, that is my car. Yeah. Let me. Let <laughs> Let me give you a list of references that will tell you you are wrong. 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 Mess on wheels coming at you. Yeah, (laughs) and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you have the specific circumstance. It can be any story can feel relevant once you're, you know, touching each other's lives. But one time I did accidentally climb into the wrong car and practically sit on a man's lap. And then that very specific story came in handy when a teenager mistakenly tried to get in the back of my car. And then he went running off like so embarrassed and so you know, in pain about it. I was able to leap out of the car and tell him the lap sitting story. And then we all had a good laugh and it turned into this, you know, fun moment instead of him walking away with whatever his baggage was telling him that that story meant about him, which was I'm awful. I, You know, I go where I'm not wanted or whatever, whatever his anxiety was telling him that that made that Circumstance so hard yeah. for him. I was able to kind of nip that in the bud. It's the great connector. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. It's moms, great. moms have that gift. I like to think. Yes,
1: but moms, I think, and, and women, like, we need to to use it more to not yeah. take ourselves yeah. so seriously and just just laugh. So it's been such a pleasure having you on, Joanne. And I
0: even say, like, the Joanne, like, Joanne, I don't, Joanne, meet
1: can't do <laughs> I don't <laughs> ever meet Joanne without laughing. I don't ever meet You are like, the, Joanne. the Joanne in my life.
3: All, I know, right? All, oh my gosh! All the other doctor. Joannes are like. In Dr. Their 60s. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> yeah, but Joanne, I told you when I interviewed you that I had four Joannes on my gymnastics team, and because oh, I yeah. was the oldest, I had the nickname Josephine the Plumber. And I mean, no. <laughs> like, hard eye roll. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to call me that? But okay, <laughs> That is so crazy. You are both my first Joannes. Yeah, like I don't.
0: Wow.
1: Know I didn't know any other Joanne. Amazing.
0: I, other. I don't know. Well, it's been wonderful talking
3: to you.
1: Thank you so much for coming on.
3: Oh, absolutely. You guys are so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks. One of Joanne's tips in here that I love
0: is sharing your embarrassing stories right off the bat. Oh, good Lord knows I got plenty of those, it man. It embarrassing stories. <laughs> but it's Wait, like- do they have to be about me? Or could they be embarrassing stories about my kids? Um, I would say it has to be about you to have that vulnerability yeah, you're that right. is associated with it. You're right. I prefer to embarrass my kids, though.
1: Because it's so interesting <laughs> when we get in groups of people that as soon as we make ourselves a little bit vulnerable, they bring out their vulnerable side as well. And I feel you get to know people so much better.
0: Oh, yeah, totally true. Because I mean, if you ever really had like that good and and if you think about just like any conversation you've had with somebody where you had some good, full hearted belly laughs, sharing some embarrassing moments. It's just first of all, I remember those conversations. Yeah. And those times are so much fun and they feel so bonding. Yes. But like you just said, it also makes you feel like, okay, I can be real with this person. Yeah. Oh, we're being real oh
1: okay then (laughs) you're admitting all your faults and stuff like I gosh one of like my really really vulnerable times was when I was first in the working world and like I was at a talent agency you know Mm -hmm. and I was put on a desk answering this agent's phone calls and I dropped every single phone call everyone i did not know how to and these were like at the time i thought oh high-powered hollywood people that i was just hanging up on <laughs> and, I, and i like i think the agent called hr and wanted to get me thrown off the desk uh because i was so bad at it so bad at it but if, <laughs> when you share like times you failed and i think this also goes for like your kids as well when you share those funny stories and like the times you failed it allows others To
0: see failure as okay and be real with you, especially kids. Oh yeah, yeah, it totally gives them that permission. I I have plenty of embarrassing stories, but I'll be honest. At the moment, I'm blanking.
1: Yeah, I think you have to like have that store of embarrassing stories. Yeah, you have to to start thinking about them
0: at the tip. Like my most embarrassing story again still brings up my kids. Yeah, it's still like when my daughter decided to tell everybody in the grocery store that she had a beautiful vagina.
1: Oh, my gosh. So I have another embarrassing story, but it goes all the way back to three that my dad told everybody. And it was say? when um, we went to San Diego and we were in the Museum of Man. And I walked into the room as a three-year-old and I announced, Daddy, look at all those penises. Oh, my <laughs> God. And he retold it. And he retold it. And he retold it to my son. And just the other night at dinner, my son like brought it up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, remember when you said that thing to embarrass Opa. And I'm like, I did. And then my son yells out to the kitchen, look at all those
0: penises. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You're like the story that won't ever die. It it's won't the story ever that never die. dies because it goes on and on my friends, Yeah, front. it yeah. won't ever die. So yeah. find your embarrassing story. Share it. And uh, see what happens. Yes. And check out the Fancy Free Podcast because Mm -hmm. it it is quite, quite a nice listen. It is fun.
1: Yeah. So until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to
0: you later. Have a great day.